So we're in this series entitled, The Me I Want to Be. The Me I Want to Be. I ask people all the time, hey, how's it going? How's life treating you? And time and again, you know some of the most common answers are, well, it's okay. It's going. You know, this is my favorite. Well, I'm alive. Barely, but I'm alive. Um, well, I'm making it. Have you ever responded to that question in, in something like that? Or you're like, you know, I'm here. I mean, what does that mean? I'm just here. What, what, I don't even know what that means. As opposed to not being here and being somewhere, I don't even get it. But so often, that is a response. And I'm not talking about that being the response from people outside of the church. I'm talking about people within the walls of the church that should be living the, the life and life more abundantly that God called us to live. And yet we answer the question, well, I'm here. That is not all that God wants you to be. So there is this me that we want to be, this great version of ourselves that is out there, but what are we doing to attain it? Bishop talked to us last week about how we have to begin with the end in mind. We have to look at where we want to be and back up from there and say, okay, what do I need to do to get there? Make a change. Do something different. If you want to be in a different job, it's probably not going to jump up and bite you one day. You're going to have to do something to get it. You're going to have to prepare yourself and go look for it and find it. If you want to start your own business, it isn't going to open itself. If you want to be a better husband, you're not going to drift your way into being a great husband. You want to be a better mother, you're not just going to wake up one morning and be a great mother. You have to make a decision to do something different, to be the me that you've always wanted to be. So we're, we're making changes this year. We're, we're going to do something different. We're going to get the life that, that we want to have. We're going to drop some bad habits, create some new ones. We're going to lose some weight and get healthy, start the business, go back to school, work on our marriage. All those things are great. But let me tell you something, because I want to drive deeper than that. I, I want to go deeper than the things. Because if we're not careful, we can get so caught up chasing the goals, even good goals, that when we achieve them, it comes at the cost of the person we want to be. We can get so caught up chasing and, and trying to climb the ladder of success that we are no longer the husband and the father that we wanted to be. We get caught chasing things, even good things, it can cost us personally. But if we could become the best version of ourselves, if we could become the me that I want to be, the me that God wants to be, not only would we be more likely to reach our dreams, but we would find fulfillment all along the way. Have you ever accomplished some goal that you set for yourself, but once you got it, once you achieved it, once you attained it, you weren't quite as satisfied as you thought? Lindsay and I love to go to the movies. Most of you know that. We love to go to the movies. It's one of our favorite things to do. Um, it's to go to matinee movies. If you text me on a Monday and I don't answer, it's probably because I'm in a movie. So don't be mad at me. I like to go watch movies. I like to be entertained. Um, but have you ever like seen a movie, maybe you saw the first one, the, the, the first one in the series, and you got so excited about the next one coming out. Maybe you're a Star Wars fan. Maybe you're a Hunger Games fan. How many of you like Ocean's Eleven? Okay. Fantastic. Uh, thank you. 12, 13. I hear they're coming out with an Ocean's Eight. All women. 
Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock and the whole lot of them. It's going to be fantastic. I love the whole series. But have you ever been, so, so you see the first one, it's amazing, it blows your mind. And then you get it all built up to go watch the next one. You wait for two years. You're reading the blogs online. What's it going to be like? What's the storyline? Are they introducing any new characters? What's the twist? And you get there, you wait in line with all the teenagers on opening night like you're young again. And you get there. And it just doesn't live up to expectations. Was it a bad movie? Probably not. But you had built it up so high that there is no possible way it could live up to it. And so you walk out going, man, I wanted it to be good. It just wasn't great. You ever been there? Happens to me all the time. Because we build something up so much thinking it's going to uh, give us that satisfaction we're looking for. But most of the time, it cannot live up to it. But that happens in our life so often. We set goals. And we think, if I can get that husband, if I can lasso that husband, that perfect guy, and get him to marry me, then you know what? Life would be great and I would be happy. And then you get him and you realize he's not who you thought he were was. And you're not happy. <laughs> If I could just have a baby, it would solve all of my problems. And yet, it does not solve all your problems. It multiplies your problems. If I could just get that job that I've been looking for, it, everything would be okay. But you know what? You get it, and then you realize it's not. Because oftentimes, in our trying to attain goals, we don't become the person that God created us to be, the me that I want to be, and we leave unsatisfied and unfulfilled. We're not flourishing in life. But God designed you to flourish. Let me ask you this question. Are you the me that you want to be? Are you the me you want to be? Are you the best version of yourself that you want to be? It's an honest question. It's okay. If we were being honest in here, most of the people in this room and watching online right now would say, no, I'm not, Pastor. I'm trying, but I'm not there. Okay, follow-up question. Who are you actually trying to be? Are you trying to be the me that God created you to be? Or are you trying to be someone else? Third question. Have you made excuses for while you're not, why you aren't that person? Such as, I'm doing the best I can. I know a few people that have this unique spiritual gift. It's called the spiritual gift of pouting. You know anybody like that? I'm doing all I can, Pastor. I'm giving it everything i got to get up in the morning. And I, I asked Jesus to help me, and I go, can't do it. You make all these excuses of why we aren't there. Listen, if we get stuck saying I'm doing the best I can, we'll never get any further than that. I'm not saying you aren't trying, but are you really trying? When you looked at 2015 and 2016 and said, I want to make these changes in my life, you went hardcore for it for about a month. And then you gave up. Life happened. Life got ahead of you. You got behind, whatever the case was. And then you look up a year later and you're like, I'm, I still am not the person I want to be, but I'm going to get there. I'm doing the best I can. Were you really? You did for a while, but did you keep trying? You fell off the bandwagon. Did you ever decide to get back on? Are we really the person that we want to be? Are we even trying? Proverbs 11.28 says this, and don't be mad at me. I got some good news for you today. Proverbs 11.28 says, A life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. 
A life devoted to chasing those goals, a life devoted to accomplishing that, that thing we were supposed to accomplish, starting that business or, or getting married or having the perfect house or buying that car you've always wanted, whatever the case may be, if life becomes all about chasing those things, then we are like a stump. Our life is dead. Do you ever have a stump in your yard? It is worthless. It is useless. You can't do anything with it. It just sits there. It never goes away. It's just there existing. And that's what the Bible says about us. If our life is devoted to things, even good things, we're just existing. But a God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. Here's the, here's the picture that God gives us. If your life is about chasing things and it's devoted to things, you're a dead stump. Your life is just dead. It's going nowhere. But if we can do life God's way, a God-shaped life, how he designed us to be, we'll actually be a flourishing tree. We'll be producing. We'll be bearing fruit. We'll be giving shade. We'll be growing. We'll be, we'll be making a difference in our world. We'll be accomplishing things. But if it's all about the things, then we're a dead stump. God designed you to flourish. I want you to understand that God made you to flourish. He wanted you to grow, to be happy, to have fulfillment, to do something in this world, but He wanted you to do it through Him and being the person He called you to be. Well, here's something else that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. I want you to look at the person right in the eyes right next to you, make them really uncomfortable for a minute. And I want you to say with all seriousness, I am a masterpiece. Did you make them uncomfortable? <laughs> it's good. You needed a little bit of that. You are God's masterpiece. He didn't mess up when he made you. He didn't look at you and go, whoops, <laughs> hope nobody noticed that. <laughs> No way. God looked at you and he looked down and he said, it's perfect. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm going to blame that on the devil. That's all I'm saying. No, you are God's masterpiece. He created you anew in Christ Jesus so we can do. Notice this. He created you. He planned you. He made you this masterpiece piece so you can do the good things that he planned for you long ago. So Jesus looked up and he said, I got some good things I need to do in this world. What do I need to design to get them done? To live a fulfilled life? To, have a, to, to accomplish something? To, oh, you know what? I am going to design and then he designed you. We'll talk about this more next week because the truth is we're masterpieces, but some of us God's still chiseling on. He's still chiseling on me. But he planned me to do good things. The, the NIV says he planned me to do good works. He designed me to do good works. You see, we get caught up thinking that, well, God's plan is just for me to be a good Christian and go to church every Sunday and be an usher or serve in the nursery or sing on the praise team or work in the youth department or be a greeter and to pay my tithes and to read my Bible and to worship long and hard and all those things. And he just, that's that. And then separate from that is the rest of my life where I just got to try to make it on my own. That's not the truth at all. God planned you to do good works everywhere you go. He planned for you that when you go to work, you're his masterpiece and you do good works. 
When you go to school, you're his masterpiece, and you make great grades, and you impact the people around you. When you uh, get home, the atmosphere of your home changes because you walked in the room. The masterpiece is here. God made you to do good works everywhere that you go, not just in the church. But we think that there is this spiritual life versus the rest of our life, and that's not the case. God wants to bring all those together and say, everywhere you go, you're taking the presence of God with you. You're taking me with you. You're going to be successful. You're going to flourish. You're going to accomplish things. You're going to be fulfilled. You're going to smile. You're going to do great things everywhere that you go. Have you ever had a, just a, a glimpse of the person he created you to be? What do, what do I mean by that? Well, you say something inspirational in, at a meeting and it changes the tone and the atmosphere of the whole room. Maybe you helped a homeless man that no one else noticed. Maybe you were patient with your kid when you normally would have gone back to jail. Maybe you got lost in a piece of music or a worship song. Maybe you fell in love. Maybe you showed compassion when you didn't have to or wouldn't have normally done it. Maybe you stood up to a bully. Maybe you were freely made a sacrificial gift. Maybe you fixed something. You, you fixed something around the house or you fixed an engine or you just did something and it made you smile. Maybe you forgave an old hurt. Maybe you said something you would normally never say or you kept from saying something that you shouldn't have said but you normally would have. But in that moment, you get this glimpse of the me you want to be, this version of yourself that God wants you to be, and it brings you joy, and somehow you smile, and if no one else notices it around you, internally you feel uh, something different. Maybe it surprised you. Maybe it energized you. Maybe it made you happy just for a moment. You laid down to sleep that night. And when all the things you could have been thinking about, that moment came back to you. And internally, you found some bit of joy and some bit of happiness. And something in you was saying, I should do that more often. That is a glimpse of the me that God wants you to be. And the truth is, it's a glimpse of the me that you want to be. What if we didn't just have to have a glimpse of that person, but what if we could be that person every day, everywhere, all the time? How much more fulfillment would you have in life, even the little things, even the things you don't want to do, even the things that make no sense, even the things that are just flat work, and yet, in the midst of it, you're being this person that you've always wanted to be, and you're happier than you've ever been, and you're flourishing. It's possible. It's possible. Paul said that we are designed. He made us. He planned us. We are his masterpiece. And when we do those things, we feel this fulfillment, this joy, this happiness. When our life is God-shaped, every part of our life is made to flourish. God's best version of you is not to be a dull, boring, cookie-cutter Christian that it doesn't enjoy life and never makes a mistake. No. See, there, there are people that are afraid if we really submit to Christ, they will lose who they actually are. But that couldn't be further from the truth. You see, here's what happens with God. God looked at you, and as Paul said, he created you to be this masterpiece. But over time, we get ourselves in trouble. The world attaches it to us. We get ourselves in trouble. So you know what God did? He didn't say, forget you. I'm going to get another one. No, no, no. He redeems us, and he restores us. You see, God comes in to help His creation, not throw them out. 
God's plan is to redeem His people, never exchange His people. That's what He wants to do for you. He wants to redeem you, not exchange you. He wants to restore you. When He restores us, we're worth more, we're better than we ever could have been in the first place. When we're redeemed, we're bought back. That's what He wants to do. He doesn't want to exchange you and say, well, they blew it. I'll try again with someone else. No, no, no. He's looking at you and He's doing everything He can to keep redeeming you rather than exchange you. I think about guys like Peter and Paul. So oftentimes, we're afraid to come to Christ because we're afraid He's going to make us this dull, boring person. We're just, just this cookie cutter. Can't have, I can't be who I am. I can't be, I have any kind of personality. I've just got to be a rule follower. And we'll talk more about this in a minute. But you know, the thing about Peter and the thing about Paul was when Jesus called them, they retained their personality. Peter was fiery. He was a little obnoxious. He was a loud mouth. And you know what? When he came following Jesus,